It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Dolphins have hired Mike McDaniels to be their head coach. We get an Olympic update from Beijing. And could a Ben Simmons for James Harden trade actually work? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Miami Dolphins have tabbed their next coach, San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel. Joining me now to talk about it from Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs and Kyle why was Mike McDaniel the right guy in this moment for the Dolphins? Yeah, I think one of the big appeals for this head coaching hire for Miami is the previous regime led by Brian Flores really struggled with offensive coaching and stability and uh, getting the offensive line stable and uh, a lot of terminology and ideology changes over each of those three seasons. And the Mike McDaniel hire allows them to tap into an offensive system that has had a lot of success in creating productive quarterback play by playing complementary football. And that's something the Dolphins really haven't been able to do. And, uh, of course, with a top five, sp- top five pick spent on a quarterback in the 2020 NFL draft and uh, one who's kind of struggling to find his footing a little bit, uh, this hire feels like something maybe geared towards uh, putting those bumpers and guidelines around Tua Tungvaloa so that they can get an honest assessment of just exactly where the ceiling is for him as an NFL quarterback. We know the backdrop of the the situation in Miami. Brian Flores out with what he called a uh, a, a, a misalignment of of understanding is what it seems like. Um, and now he is uh, suing the NFL for discriminatory hiring practices. So that is going to loom over all of this. What is the case? for Mike McDaniel, just flat out as a better coach and a better person now to guide this team than Brian Flores was. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because the Dolphins, when they hired Coach Flores, they were obviously going all the way back to square one or technically square zero because they tore the whole thing down. Um, And they spent three years kind of addressing the roster, and you feel as though there's – a strong nucleus of defensive talent that exists. And there's some reports that the team may be pursuing Vic Fangio to step into a defensive coordinator role. Uh, There is some interest, according to reports, in maintaining the defensive staff that's in place. So uh, McDaniel looking to catapult the other side of the football. And when you refer to that split with Coach Flores, uh, one of the words that the Dolphins used upon the decision to let coach Flores go was uh, relationships and you listen to a Mike McDaniel press conference and he talks a lot about collaboration and communication and some of the reviews that he's gotten from former coaches that he's worked alongside with whether it's Robert Sala or Kyle Shanahan they talk about how good of a communicator he is and the Dolphins do 
want to have a collaborative process. General Manager Chris Greer was retained from the previous regime, and he has a very extensive track record of kind of working with his head coaches to adopt his team-building ideologies to fit what his coach wants. So uh, that feels like the thought process, and how that materializes, of course, is a little bit of an unknown because this is a very young coach. He's been in the league 15 years, but he's a very young coach, and he has no head coaching experience. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. The Olympic Games are underway, and there's a big hockey matchup between Canada and the U.S. on the horizon. We go to Beijing. Coming up. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired Karis LeVert. The rebuild has begun in Indiana. The Pacers make their first of potentially many trades in the trade deadline season, sending Karis Levert to the Cavaliers per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. They will also send the Cavs a late second rounder in the upcoming draft. In exchange, they get the Cavs' first-round pick, a high second-round pick from the Houston Rockets, and a 2027 second-rounder from the Jazz. Ricky Rubio also going to the Pacers as the salary matching in this trade, though he likely will not play for the Pacers this season. Who knows what his future is? That doesn't matter. The Pacers did this for draft picks. They trade LaVert away. Now they can play Chris Duarte more minutes. Now they can play rookie Dwayne Washington more minutes. They can, in general, just get a younger team out there in their guard rotation while also adding a first-round pick and one of the best second-round picks in the draft. They now have three of the top 35-ish picks in the draft, depending on where that Houston second-rounder ends up. So Pacers clearly looking towards the future with this move and also tips they could be looking to move other vets for draft picks. Luka Doncic acquired a triple-double and wasn't even the main reason for the Mavs' win over the Hawks. The Dallas Mavericks get a win against the Atlanta Hawks. Nick Angsev, Locked On Mavericks podcast here. The Dallas Mavericks overcame a bunch of stuff in this game. Kristaps Porzingis still out. Tim Hardaway Jr. still out. Luka Doncic picked up his fifth foul in the first minute of the third quarter and sat out the rest of the way. Jalen Brunson picked up his fifth foul with about six minutes left in the third quarter and sat out the rest of the way in that third. And... Jason Kidd decided not to challenge it. He decided to just continue with the guys he had out there, and those guys showed up big. The Dallas Mavericks came up huge in a win against the Atlanta Hawks. Their defense really stepped up in the third quarter. The Hawks could not come up with any big plays or big runs to be able to take hold of this game. Uh, Trey Burke also picked up five fouls. The Mavericks point guards all picking up fouls in this one, but the Mavericks get a much-needed win against the Atlanta Hawks. They continue to prove that they can be a team that can win in a bunch of different ways. And it wouldn't be locked on Mavs if I didn't say Reggie Bullock scored 22 points, the tied for, tied for leading score for the Dallas Mavericks. He was absolutely massive hitting threes for the Mavs. The Pacers doubled down with the Cavaliers losing to them after trading their best player to them. Pacers fall to the Cavs in Cleveland, 98-85, and that does a terrible job of telling the story of this game. Pacers give up 
12 points in the first quarter. They lead comfortably at halftime. They're up 20 at one point in this game. And then they just had the most atrocious second half and fourth quarter possible in the fourth quarter. They give up 37 points, only scored 17 to end up falling in this game. They had it until that frame. Cavs on fire from deep to close this game after a slow start for them. But for the Pacers, after trading Karis LeVert to the Cavs just before this game, got a lot from two guys who will be playing a lot more for them. And Chris Duarte, who had 22, and Dwayne Washington, who had 17. No other Pacer scored more than 10 points. They're about to enter rebuild mode with the trade deadline coming. A lot of struggles for a lot of key guys in this game for the blue and gold. And it just all fell apart at the end. And the Clippers and Trailblazers completed a five-player trade. What's going on, Clips fans? Chuck Mockler here, one half of the hosting duo over at Lockdown Clippers, coming at you after the Clippers complete a Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a second-round pick trade for Norman Powell and Robert Covington from the Portland Trailblazers. At first glance, absolutely love this trade for the Clippers. Norman Powell, 40% from deep. He can score. It's what the Clippers need right now. Robert Covington, you know, uh, maybe another reclamation project for this Clippers team. But one of the very exciting things about this is that this three for two player trade allows the Clippers to move Amir Coffee up into a legitimate NBA contract so he can play at the playoffs this year, which is very exciting. Is this just the first domino in a potential, you know, other move scenario? Who knows? All we know right now is that the Clippers got some scoring, but unfortunately lost a little bit of defense. Time will tell if this is the last move, but right now, pretty good deal for the Clips. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your football action that you'll need this season. Let's check in on some Super Bowl odds. The point spread largely unchanged. Rams currently sit as four-point favorites over the Bengals per bet online. With two aggressive offenses, bet online currently has a bet for either team to successfully convert a two-point conversion at plus 250. And with Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase on the field, bet online have the odds for any receiver to get over 150 yards at plus 140. For all your sports news and scores, bet online has you covered. Bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. The U.S. women's hockey team defeated Switzerland in a beatdown, 8-0 on Sunday. And now a matchup with our cross-border rivals, Canada Looms, in Beijing. Locked on zone, Erica Ayala. And Erica, this is the matchup that we have been waiting for uh, in women's hockey. What is going to be the key to this game? Well, both teams are really finding their stride. Obviously, Hockey Canada coming in hot (laughs) offensively. But this is an important tournament for them. They did not like how they competed in Pyeongchang uh, and felt that they really needed to kind of do some soul searching and have done so. So this is a residual effect of them really taking some time um, to to really just come together as a team. And they're, they're playing free is the word that I've been using. That being said, both teams are looking good to advance to the, the next round. So this is just a, a good, fun rivalry game. Um, that and, and again, that being said, these two teams play for pride at every level when they compete yeah. against each other. So we're expecting a good one. So even though this is not the one that is for all the proverbial marbles, uh, it, it does still have some significance, of course. There is also this looming issue. Brianna Decker had a serious leg injury, and she, we assume, is going to be out for quite a while. What, what does that do to where you think this, this women's hockey team 
can be in terms of their ceiling. Well, it was a terrible injury if you talk to the players, as I did right after the game. I mean, they were shaken up. Uh, I think Amanda Kessel just just called it like, you know, it, it was a gruesome thing to witness. And Abby Rock, coming back from a, a ankle injury herself, really kind of was shaken up for a different way. She'd been there, and you hate to see a teammate uh, doing that uh, or leaving a game that way, I should say. Also, Decker is their top center, and at IIHF, like Hillary Knight, made some USA history and is an assist leader for USA in that tournament. So that's a lot of points that you're potentially leaving off the board as you get ready to face Canada in the prelims and you're looking to advance. But Abby Rock and a few other players have switched uh, their lines and even their position. Uh, so we'll see how the U.S. does. The storyline, though, coming in is that the United States, unlike Canada, did not prepare with any alternates. Uh, that's not mm-hmm. something that we see in the hockey tournament very often, but it was something that was an option. We have heard from USA that that option and that window is still open, though it is rapidly closing. We haven't got a, a report as of now if they will bring anyone over, but we do know that Decker is out for the remainder of the Olympic tournament. Coming up, Ben Simmons for James Harden. Could it actually happen? We discuss next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on my New Year's resolutions. You might be like me, but I am trying to eat better. And Built Bar is making it easier to do. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. I tried them. They are spectacular. They have protein-infused marshmallow. I mean, what else do I need to even say? Fluffy, marshmallowy, and of course, covered in 100% chocolate. But they are healthy. They are low in calorie, low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. They are the perfect food, basically. I mean, let's just be honest. You want something that's healthy, that tastes delicious. That's it. That's what Built Bar is. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away, absolutely blown away by what you'll find in these bars considering the way that they taste. And right now, when you go to Built.com, when you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. A Ben Simmons trade may be alive after all. Multiple reports coming out over the last few days that the Philadelphia 76ers plan to engage the Brooklyn Nets in a James Harden trade and that that deal could have some legs. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Doug Norrie. Doug, why now for Brooklyn? Why make a move like this? Um, well, it's, it's, it's funny because it's like not totally clear at this point what it's like sort of a 
hot take arms race that's going on <laughs> in, in Nets and Phillies world between uh, Woj and Shams and what the truth is. I will say before I get to the functionality around the trade, which I think there is something to be said around that. Um, uh, Steve Nash did come out pr- uh, pregame and was asked pretty straightforward. Is there a trade happening here? And he said no. And like he and there was no real middle ground on it. He's like, he's not getting traded. That's it. And that seemed to shift the tone a little bit. That being said, I will say like February 10th is when you'll know for sure. Cause this stuff always is open to trade. Cause then Kyrie says something else and it's not totally clear and whatever. So I, I mean, we can talk about what like a functional trade would look like and why the Nets would be, even entertain it. But I think it is worth throwing out there that Nash at least try to throw or l- try to douse a little bit of the fire around it right now. Probably just because he needs to, you know, keep the team together if it doesn't happen. We understand why Philadelphia would want to do this. They have a star player who is not playing basketball and does not want to be there. And there have been these burbling reports about James Harden, his future in Brooklyn. Maybe he doesn't want to live there. Uh, It's too cold, among other some strange things. Not not that Philly is any warmer, so I don't get that one. Philly's not exactly Key West. No, (laughs) but there was it was um, one of many things that has been put out there from a basketball standpoint. Let's say a trade like this does happen. What would the appeal be from the Brooklyn side of getting Ben Simmons? Okay, so the appeal. So the if I'm trying to put a little, you know, a, a good spin on this, because I, I will say for starters, I think it would be a disaster for them to trade Harden. Like I think that them trading Harden would be you are still selling low, getting something back here. So I, I got to couch that first. The where you can talk yourself into it as a Nets fan, and it takes a little bit of mental gymnastics, but once you can do it, <laughs> like what you talk yourself into is Harden has not resigned for next year, so you're unsure. You may have seen some decline in his overall abilities this season, like on an age regression piece, where locking him in to like massive money for the next five years is not exactly like we've seen this go really bad for a couple of these guys, like Russell Westbrook's kind of showing this happen right now where John wall, like there's examples here. There's a reason that those three guys can be traded for each other all right now, like without having to throw anything else in. So what you're saying is like, you're buying a little bit on the future. You're saying that you're not going to be, you don't want to resign him. You know, you've seen some disturbing signs between the injury stuff. Plus just like his general play, which has not been consistent at all this season. And you bring in a guy in Simmons that can function with Durant specifically because Durant can function with anybody. And Simmons like sort of is a, a dynamic wing defender that can push pace that they actually kind of just don't have right now. Right. So these are the parts. And again, I'm not saying this is the default. These are like the gymnast. This is how you need to kind of wrap your mind in a pretzel a little bit to kind of talk yourself into it. But there's a world because Kevin Durant is so good and a world where if Kyrie Irving could somehow become a full-time player because they changed the mandate rules, the match, the, the fit on the basketball court actually wouldn't be bad. Um, he just, Simmons comes with his own baggage. So that's how you kind of start talking yourself into it for the Nets because it's not like the Harden thing is 100% perfect right now. We've seen this. And if you're worried long-term about it and there's a way you can get out of it now, maybe you do it. So I think that's, I think, I think that's like the, the piece where it's at least there's a little bit of fire where that smoke's coming from. And finally, 
half a baseball card can change someone's life. SCP Auctions announced that they'd finalize the sale of a torn-in-half T206 Honus Wagner card for $475,960. The whole and unspoiled version of that card sold for a record $6.6 million this past August. If that ain't the epitome of getting a deal, then I don't know what is. Coming up Tuesday, the Suns are in Chicago to take on the Bulls, and we'll talk some more hoops. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 